from our dusty cellars, thinking of starting an open mic night with your mom, because she sure smells funny. <laughs> it's the final countdown. That's a good clean joke. Oh, like your mom. Oh. Huh? Uh, filthy bitch. I'm Anders Cronin, <laughs> joining us this week as always, Gavin Carberry, Jack Toner, and special guest for this week, Ben Clifford. Woo! Woo! No it's individual a... intros, Manto. I'm very sorry. I was in the middle of writing them and my wardrobe collapsed. Seems like a fairly, yeah, that's not the kind of excuse you'd make up. <laughs> no, I'd make up a better I'm one. So sure I've heard that before. I think you're thinking of when I pulled when I when I pulled down my curtains when I was doing the hoovering. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was I pulled those down. I know what caused that. I know what caused the wardrobe too, but I was just sitting here when that happened. You I'm finally got that gold plated tracksuit you've been threatening to for all this time. I saw no downsides <laughs> to the gold plated tracksuit, and then you know, next thing you know, it was okay, to do okay. with the weight of my clothes. It was like it um, was you know. <laughs> I was just sitting there doing my work and I, I could hear this creaking. I'm like, oh, something's happening in the hot press. I don't know. And then, then the wardrobe just went. K-dish. And when I took all the, when I had to then unhook all of the shirts and tracksuits oh. and everything else that I had hanging mm. off it, it was like, oh, that's why that collapsed. <laughs> I can't carry all of these. How could I expect all of, the, all of these tracksuits? This velour is weighing it down. <laughs> I got it. You gotta hang them wet. You've gotta hang them up wet. It's no problem with velour. <laughs> you know you gotta hang them wet. You hang them. You gotta hang your velour dry. You, you want me to d- hang it dry? I don't Sorry, you are here. You are here dry hanging your velour. Dry your hanging his velour. I swear to God. Wow. Oh, so Mama did raise a fool. Yeah, Mama raised a, a gang of fools in that house. Apparently, <laughs> if you want, if you if you want the thing done right, don't let go do it. He'll dry hang your velour. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that joker, he fucking dry hangs velour. He dry um, hangs velour. Um, so literally... in, lieu, in lieu of individual intros, I heard something that I think is like not worthy of its own segment, but worth saying is that there's a well-known editor in uh, UK, in a well-known UK newspaper who at his daily editorial briefing just absolutely lays into his staff calling them all cunts and they've taken to calling the meeting the vagina monologues it's uh. <laughs> very that's good bad. that's good that's very i don't good. think i mean you've, you've really you actually did completely nail what you said you were going to do there but it's such a sliver of a target that you had to aim at where it's like, not enough to be its own segment, but still interesting. That is a razor thin margin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With we some overlap as well. Like, yeah. I think we could do 45 minutes on names for meetings. <laughs> <laughs> well, like as often as we sit there and go, this will be, this will carry the whole episode versus like stuff that ends up carrying a whole episode that they do not there's no rhyme or reason to figuring it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Neil Young says he's going to take his music off of Spotify if we don't stay on there. <laughs> we are in the top 10% of all podcasts worldwide for listenership. Now, the bad news is 
there are over 2.7 million podcasts. So we're actually in the top 270,000 podcasts <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> I was super psyched when I saw that stat and then I was like, ah, no, that's not good at all. But I'm just going to say top top 10 percent that's that's good enough mm-hmm. for me at least we have enough enough listeners to be rated um there are there are other irish podcasts which i couldn't well name which do not so <laughs> and is the podcast still going yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the longest it's the longest i didn't running. mean them i didn't mean them i mean they're not but i didn't mean them <laughs> They're too popular to be rated. There's too many, too many uh, high quality episodes out there to rate them all. That's the problem. It's easy to go through our high quality episodes and, um, <laughs> and figure out how many people were listening to them. There, there's smorgasbord. I had too much smorgas. I'm not enough board. Speaking of board listeners, I'm sure you are. We've got a special treat on tonight. Uh, brought not in any real way because we're still recording separately because we're big Friday cat girls. Not that all girls are Friday cats, but we are girls and we are afraid. Okay, just to put that out there. We have vaginas and are scared. One is not indicative of the other. But suggested today by uh, special guest Ben Clifford. What have we got? Oh, um, I was in the supermarket, which is where they sell these. So if you're out there looking to where you can buy these, the supermarket. Um, If you're in France, the supermarché. Oh, that's um, very good. But do they don't sell them there. So don't go to your supermarché. No. Um, what are the Germans we're called? Having Guinness... Would they appreciate the effort? <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I don't um, understand because I went to the supermarché. We even went over the border to Strasbourg. Sounds <laughs> German, is French. Interesting, I know. And they didn't have it. <laughs> not amused. Not amused. They kind of had to be evil, didn't they? They didn't have a hope. Yeah, I actually feel sorry yeah. for the Germans. Yeah, it's like the people of Montreal turning out to all be robots. I mean, we should have known. We should have known. Like, that. no one speaks mm. like that. No human being speaks like that. No, only robots. They put so much only effort into making too. us think they were Montreal. We know you're not real. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> Definitely real. Montreal. Montreal real dolls. That could work. That could work. Oh, yeah. I feel like and it's it like after the ugly cheese eating French bastards. Yeah. It would have to. <laughs> All the smells of speaking French with none of the attractiveness of being French. Montreal. <laughs> the French have such culinary delights as French onion soup, baguettes, patisserie. The French Canadians have thrown some fucking nos cheese onto <laughs> chips and put gravy on it like a bunch of fucking freaks. That's the type of food that gets served from a trough. Yeah. <laughs> Poutine is trough food. <laughs> yeah, you merely have not had the poutine that we could get in Montreal. Shut up, robot. We know you don't eat it. We know you don't eat organic matter. Yeah. Yeah, putin seems like the kind of thing that like you were throwing out the remains of so of three different dinners, and it was just like, wait a minute, that pile of slop actually looks a bit appealing. <laughs> Looking around at all the other piles of slop in this shit for brains of a territory in Canada makes that pile of slop 
look a lot, look a lot more appealing than it might do geographically elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, last week it was the people of Australia. This week, the people of Montreal. They have earned the ire of the final count. And Ben, before you were so rudely and necessarily, might I add, interrupted. Oh, it's all part of the intro of the spirit. It's necessary we give context to what we have today. <laughs> <laughs> because you'll be listening to it on a wet February, soaking moist February. I bet you're, you're sloshing. Uh, you've been drunk oh, since Imok. But we're recording on a dry, dusty dry, dry as the velour in the closet, Johnny. <laughs> animal, don't even joke. <laughs> 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 and it's Guinness Zero Zero. Guinness Zero Zero. Guinness Ooh. Guinness Alcohol Ooh. Free. The spookiest um, of all Guinness. Has anyone had we a... Should, we should know. We'd intended to have this on when it was first released. And then it oh. turned out... They recalled they, it. They recalled it because it had been contaminated with like E. coli. E. coli, didn't it? I think there was poo, yeah. That means poo got in. Whenever they say E. coli, that means... Who got into it? And like Guinness is the kind of drink where you could hide a not insubstantial amount of poo. <laughs> why you have to serve it in a class? Because you won't know there's poo in there if it's in some sort of opaque. If it's in an mug. opaque cup, that's why the Guinness yeah. glass is so important, and that's why people are so fussy. Now I should point out for those of you who think you're safe because you're just listening, E. coli does sound like the kind of poisoning you could get online. Mm. <laughs> right. So yeah, they, so... they they called it all back. They hoped we all forgot about it, and then they re-released it. And basically, people had forgotten about it. But Guinness, the check didn't clear. Frankly, the free beers haven't arrived in about a year and a half. So any I... water we were ever going to carry for you is gone. It's easily got back. We've just kind of told you how to do that. Put but the poo back in the beer. Put the poo That'll back in us. the beer. That's how we like it. Yeah. I drink my Guinness for its pooey taste, not its robust flavor. Well, they were just ahead of the game. They had no idea how many people would be eating ass in, in the latter mm. years, you know? So they were like, yeah. we just wanted to get ahead of it. They were told they were really on trend. If they were finishing their ass and not just pushing it around the plate, there wouldn't be any E. coli left to go in the Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> you're not eating. You're not eating anything, sir. You're did a whole lot of it, didn't regurgitating. They? Remember the ad you fly into a Guinness point and you see all this poop floating around and then the poop. I remember that the ad. Top. Yeah, that was a yeah. weird choice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They w- we went into the colon of a man to see, yeah. you know, the Guinness floating around. I yeah. actually think if you wanted to do an attack ad on a product, you'd basically just be like, Guinness, you can't see through it. You never know. What's in there. <laughs> you never know what's in there. There's probably a communist hiding in there. <laughs> That's a Rosenberg went to the electric chair a day too late. She contaminated the Guinness, you see. If someone actually just did like like a, a, a poo in a in a in a in a nondescript stout, any some sort of stout, and then like slowly poured it out. Like, an island's edge. An island's edge, maybe. Yeah. And then just slowly poured it out to reveal the poo. <laughs> I actually think, and you couldn't see it initially. <laughs> I actually think. Stout sales, stout sales would drop. Oh, just, oh. Yeah, yeah. And then your man had been taking his like sip, and it was like, although you know, when, when I, we when we made the thing out of Bacardi Breezer and Guinness or whatever, we had the Smirnoff Ice, oh, the Badger, oh, the yeah. Badger, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, 
I told you guys about there's a, a well-known takeaway chain in Dublin that a friend of mine got a takeaway from and found a human tooth in it. Oh, yeah. Never going back. Never going mm. back. So, yeah, that's the same sort of reaction I would have to Pooey Guinness. Or Island's Edge. Although with Island's Edge, you'd be harder to sell. Yeah, you can yeah. see through it. You can't you see can through see Guinness. Through it and it tastes like <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was unpleasant to begin with, yeah. <sighs> That now, if you tell me you got a bad point and there was a poo in it, fine. I don't know. Uh, there's no such thing <laughs> yeah, as uh, ever since 1991. Guinness has been poo. There's such thing as a bad point to Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> this one quality has poo. team. <laughs> Going around Dublin, making sure there's no poo in our Guinness. Good job. Quality Problem misconception. Team. Actually, there's no way that that could actually <laughs> even happen. But the quality team and the care they. Oh no, there is poo in this. No, you're right. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, lads, there's a bad pint here. First time ever. Look. Guinness zero zero. It's in a glass. It looks like a Guinness, but what does it taste like? Jack, do you want to go first? Tastes like a Guinness. It's a little bit sweeter. To be honest, it tastes like Island's Edge. Tastes like Island's Edge. <laughs> it tastes exactly <laughs> like Island's Edge. Um, it tastes exactly a watery, like sweet Guinness. Yeah. Yep, that's Island's Edge. All right. It tastes like yeah. Island's Edge. That's what it tastes like. I actually think you could do a blind test between real Guinness, alcohol, alcohol-free Guinness, and a can of Island's Edge, and you would you would get exactly one of those correct. You know, in um, in Futurama, where they they think they've frozen themselves to go forward in time a thousand years, and they wake up in in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, but it turns out they've actually only been frozen for two weeks, and they're in L.A. And at the end, as they're explaining it, they keep saying, no, it was horrific. It was populated by feral children who were armed to the teeth. Yep, sounds like Los Angeles, all right. <laughs> yep. No, no, but this was horrible. It was really sweet and disgusting. Yep, that's Island's Edge for you. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it, is, it is not, it's, it's drinkable. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, I can't tell. I've been, I've been on the Nitro bus. I've converted purely to if i'm having guinness in a can it's coming out of that nitro funnel oh the so nitro surge you've, you've purchased yeah. a surge i am surging interesting and i didn't notice a difference because i was like ah this is ba- I, I wouldn't have it's, up until having it's, this because it's a gimmick because <laughs> it's, it's a gimmick for spas like you <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're like ben ben that's supposed to get me not you <laughs> you're on the other yeah. you're on the right side of it well, you're supposed to be on the here's the team here's the thing i would have said up until having this zero zero uh if this is what it, they're trying to replicate in the the widgety can i'll go for a search because this is fizzy it's not smooth if this is what a widget's been doing if i've been blindsided the, the wool is from my eyes fuck the widget Surge all the way. I, I, I start to justify purchases like that when I fucking come back afterwards <laughs> as well. <laughs> for example, that solid gold tracksuit, great decision. Yeah. That wardrobe's been fine for 30 years. It is old as the house. Tracksuit broke it, time for a new wardrobe. Not yeah. the tracksuit's problem. Honestly, good excuse for it to get a new wardrobe. Have you surged anything else, Ben? Well, this is it. I've surged my friendships because remember when the restrictions were in and like, oh, where are we going to go for tasty pub quality? Don't worry, Lance. <laughs> Someone's got to surge. I've got to surge you. And you only yeah. have to tolerate my odious personality for as long as it takes to pour one. Uh, I haven't searched anything else, but I am waiting for the day that like someone else in a different drinks industry, like coffee comes out with their surger thing to do. Can you not coffee. just like 
plonk it in? Like, how does it mechanically work? Uh, magic. Search. It's a surge magic. Well, see, you Is place it, it at the eye level, level of the sucker, right? In the yes. shop. And then when he sees it, <laughs> yeah. and then and then you and then you have these cans that cost three times as much that it only fits into, and then the sucker gets those two. Mechanically, it's very simple. Then it's wait, just a matter so of wait, there are special cans. I thought it worked on every can. No, there's well, it may, no, but they're telling you there's no, there's a there's a there's a special can that's got like a gold trim on it. That's the surgeable mm. can. And it's twenty. It's it's twenty euro for six of them. Which now we're bloody minimum unit prices. Probably not really that expensive, but you know. Uh, but don't forget, you also have to buy the surge mechanic. That's an extra twenty five quid. So really, you're you're forty five deep. Surge servicing every six months. Yeah. That's gonna wrap you up. To <laughs> and you've got to take care. And, and you can only take it to a, a real BMW dealership. You can't just take it to a regular mechanic. <laughs> they can't get the yeah. parts. They're not allowed. Actually, it is connected to the internet, and they've locked my surge because I haven't paid for the subscription surging. That's yeah. Surge pricing has really done a lot of bad things for surge. We need to get the EU in on this, like to where you have a right to repair your own surger. You know, and that every surge will work across the European Union. I don't want to go and have to get a French surge. That was the greatest trick the devil ever pulled, wasn't it? When they brought in that rule. That you had yeah. to standardize the chargers and they the the loophole that said, Oh no, we've standardized the chargers. They're all USB on one end. You arseholes. Not you arseholes for doing it. I, there should have been a man whose job it is to come in afterwards and go, Yeah, no. Yeah, I know yeah. technically, but yeah. no. They did that with the cigarettes when they banned the 10 packs for a couple of months. The, the people at John Player were selling 20 packs, but split into two. And a man came around and went, no, <laughs> 10 packs are banned. I see what you're doing. No. And it worked. <laughs> they stopped. I'm not saying they should have banned the 10 pack. I love the cheeky tanner. But what are you going to do? You make a rule. You got to have a guy who goes, no, I'll do it. You'll be the guy. <laughs> I'll be the guy. Who, Some um, sneaky little advertising person like Ben will be coming around and going, oh, what if we very cleverly just like, didn't just obey the rule? Submit it. <laughs> What's the worst they could say? No. And they'll be telling us that anyway. Or it passes and we've saved ourselves three weeks. It's the marketing <clears throat> version of the guy who's like, I know a secret parking space where we can go. Hazard lights, footpath. There we are. <laughs> oh, I did All see. All the suckers who didn't think of this must feel pretty stupid looking at me. Look how angry that person in a wheelchair behind us is. They must be really annoyed they didn't think of this. <laughs> <laughs> Saw something incredible at the weekend. Uh, there's a small road where I live, uh, two way, two way road, like a normal road. And there was loads of traffic backed up and someone pulled out. I can only assume because they thought, oh, it's actually a one-way road, but people up front are only turning left and I need to turn right. They pull out, loads of other cars pull out behind them and about six cars drive up, realize there's no space to get in. And it is in fact a two-way road. And then for a while, as more cars pull in to go down the road that they're you know, on the side they're likely to be on. Uh, so I just got to walk past all these angry drivers on the, on the right lane. Angry drivers in the wrong lane. Angry drivers on the other side in the right lane. And there was no. And the best part is the person at the very back of the queue realizing what was happening went to turn around and got stuck horizontal. Oh, <laughs> oh. stunning. I can't believe those bloody cyclists made that happen. <laughs> 
So I was I, I I reminded of a story of Ben just there when uh, when Ben and I were drinking one day and Ben decided he didn't want to go to work. So he, he, went, he texted work and said, uh, we're, there's a slight hill outside my house and it's got ice on it, so I can't walk up it. So I have to stay home. Excellent. I thought that's where that was going with the like, so you know, outside the house with these two lanes, and there was cars there, so I just had to turn around. I couldn't go, and work. go any. There's no way for me to go further. There's cars. I can't there. leave the house. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll come yeah, back to the Guinness, um, the, the spooky Guinness, um, and then we'll actually even come back to it next week to find out if anybody shot their eyeballs out through their arse. Mm. <laughs> That's how you know you had the shits. It's like, oh crap! I'm yeah, literally yeah. blind. Well, I can, I can see. I can oh, see I wish I was eyes. blind. I could still see out of there. <laughs> I can just see my own arse. Oh, I'm blind. I'm blind. Wait a minute. No, I'm not. Everything seems to be coming. Oh no, I wish it wasn't. Wait, uh, wasn't that what happened to one of the R real monsters on Nickelodeon? He shit out his own eyeballs. <laughs> he shit out his own arse. His eyeballs were around. I seem to recall yeah. there was one, yeah, who had them on his hands. Yeah, he just carried yeah. around his eyes. Yeah, but that's or he carried he... them in his hands, actually, yeah. Mm. That's because he shat them out. things. I need to pick yeah. them up. That is the implication was that he shot. They used to be in his head, but he tried to... The, lo- the lore for uh, real <laughs> monsters was very deep. <laughs> You have to read the book. It stuff. was the extended universe. They've tried to retcon it out for the gender swap remake that they've made, yeah. and uh, but the, it but works. The, but the Ariel Monsters Darth Plagueis novel is still canon, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk a bit about Guinness Poo's actually while we're at it? Yeah, um, come on. Because I'd just like to say I've I've ne- it's not it's not that I'm beyond destroying a toilet. I've just never noticed a correlation between Guinness specifically and that problem. There's a darkening element for sure. There's a darkening element, which I think adds to it. Jack, I think you're exactly right. I think that- There's a point of no return. Beer especially does do bad things to the bowels, which lead to kind of, you know, horrible things the next day. But it's the added darkening effect that psychologically makes you think that Guinness is a lot worse. Guinness specifically did it, even though really, if you drink 10 pints of alcohol, (laughs) I actually think think that that, that you know something like a cider that's that's worse i think guinness for me is 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 the cider cider's worse for love for anything stomach related for sure so yeah mm. i think guinness mm. for me is is the easiest on the tum-tum i would have I, I, I certainly never noticed it being worse and like i don't know if it's the like in terms of like that sort of percentage yeah oh, sorry i'm just talking po- i'm just talking it's not as busy yeah. and 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 that sort of thing Oh, like, give me a vodka soda lime. booze on the tummy? No, I would say that, like, uh, a mixed drink would be easier. Just because, like, Big less time. volume and it, it, I think, I don't, I don't know what else. But <laughs> but do you ever use a Guinness to, like, to sober you up? Bear with me. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> you know when you need to drive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking archway here. That science is, science is, 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 is sad. What I'm saying but... is... You've been on the tear, you've had a lot of pints, and you go, you know what, I'll have one Guinness to finish me off. And because it's loaf-like in nature, it goes in and soaks up all the other bad alcohols. It sort of, you know, rightens the reins in there. And uh, I have seen this logic from you when you're already pissed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like what you're saying, Ben. I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. I think that this... <laughs> 
It does. It just sort of settles. I'd be the same. It's like a Pepto-Bismol, but it's still alcoholic. It just sort of settles the bubbling of whatever concoction you put into yourself that day. It, I, I, need, um, I, need, I need to put some icing on this cauldron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's heavy yeah. and it's creamy and it just sort of calms the rest of it down, gets them in line and says, all right, lads, you can't stay here. You don't have to go home, but out the, out the shitter you go. I haven't slashed a nut signal in a good while. And <laughs> I'm just saying he's always he's always there to weigh in when there's Guinness myths are going, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things that he does is like arguing with people who are being snobby about Guinness as if they know stuff, but by being that way are proving that they know nothing at all. Uh, and to see them get really flustered by like him pointing out really basic stuff, it fuels it fuels me a little bit. When, when, when it happens, it doesn't happen often enough. I'm wondering why then the silence on the Guinness poo. Is, is, that, <laughs> is that the next thing, the myth to be busted? Well, he's obviously, he's obviously like very, you know, he's all about speaking truth to, to Diageo and Guinness, but he is very much in the pocket of big poo. Yeah, true. Of course. <laughs> Otherwise known as Tyrone J. Oh, that was oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel it's okay now. They're they're at something of a high point. You can you can tease them at the moment. It's fine. Um, I from a practical point of view, actually, he's probably I, he'd probably have to have been like eighteen the last time he sat down and just drank ten pints of Guinness in a row and didn't change drink at all. Like if you're oh, yeah, if you're the yeah, no, yeah. it's not like yeah, it wouldn't be like him to kind of not try all the drinks that are available. Yeah, so Guinness, Guinness with some blackcurrant in it, <laughs> a half pint of Guinness, you know, Guinness made strength. <laughs> <laughs> Two can brew. Two can brew. Two can brew. X X. Extra cold. Hmm. At some point, remember, the extra cold went Guinness. away, but it didn't really go away. They're just all really cold now. But, like, you know those ridiculous machines that they had in some pubs? And, like, I think they invested, like, some, either the brewers or the pubs, invested very heavily in these, like, giant monstrosities that took up the space of about five taps and only had yeah. one tap for extra cold bird or, like, extra cold Guinness <laughs> or extra cold Heineken. And they're still not around. I like, I think like Dicey's is the kind of place that still has yeah. it. But like, mm. they just they were everywhere for a while, and now they're nowhere. I remember you, you used to be able to get boners out of the tap, and like ice came, either came out of the tap or it came out so cold that ice immediately formed on it. I do remember that being a gimmick at one point. Gavin, you may have figured out why they did it when you said the thing took up by like. The space of five taps that's the name of the there, game there was the there was a yeah. there was a there was a method to that particular shit well ostensibly shit design that actually the taps were also tremendously tall which made it quite difficult to see your bar person because they were like i want you to go around mm -hmm. the side of it and have like my face beside the brand and be like you would like one of these heinekens but also it meant that you had to hold the glass so you couldn't just like leave it sitting under the tap and i was only oh, speaking yeah. over the weekend about uh, a fond memory and this ages the story already we were in uh, McTurkle's on Paddy's day. And this was in the era of the big tap. And they had just got crates, bottle crates underneath every single tap. So they could just plonk down glasses and just leave the taps running and just hot swap the glasses in and out. And it's just like anything you design, they will design around. The toilet worked the same way mm. in that place, actually, if I remember correctly. <laughs> just do it in you a crate. Is 
McTurgles is actually now a big hole in the ground, uh, and it's a huge improvement. And they're demolishing it soon as well. <laughs> I love McTurgles. It was, it was yeah. That they was, just didn't that have to take the long eat with it, you know. I didn't realize it was the keystone. I much prefer the McTurgles was way better. I much preferred it to the long stone, and that, well, that was actually, a, and it was only it was only ninety nine percent to do with the three euro points. It was <laughs> it was the fifty cent eggs and the fifty cent sausage and beans that tipped it over the mark. You know, uh, they're both shit. Like you wouldn't go to either of them if you had money. Like. Well, the long stone wasn't cheap. Actually, now that I think of it, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know why people. I don't know why people. Flashers were flowing. Like that's yeah. what I remember at the long stone. Well, you could get a big space outside where it was warm. Yeah. Like when everyone was smoking, it was the only place you could go where you wouldn't have half the table leaving to go smoke because you were just in that weird outdoor area, which was great. Yeah, well, maybe you should have just like been cool and smoked, to be honest, and it wouldn't have bothered you that everyone it, was leaving to go do it. That is correct. <laughs> that would it would not have bothered me if I was part of the problem. We Look, just a side note, we're not as a podcast endorsing um, getting up and leaving your friends to smoke. What we're suggesting is you should convince all of your friends to smoke too. Do it as a group. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we support camaraderie more than health. Because smokers are lonely and they are sad. So what you need to do is take up smoking so you can go out with them and help them out. You know, you know smokers are jokers, which means they're probably the funniest people. So yeah. you want to hang out with them. Want to be as near to them as possible. And passive smoking is generous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My smoke protects you. Your smoke protects me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just like masks. The science behind it is nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you this uh, podcast is brought to you by Freedom Holes. The <laughs> hole for your freedom. Um, did Kevin James release a film recently? Yes. yes. He did. Watch it on Saturday night. It's called Home Team. It's a sports comedy. They have me at hello. <laughs> the spiritual sequel to Here Comes the Boom. Does it I not the actual sequel? I'm hoping it's not the so, actual sequel. I hope they're gonna make here the boom is now here. Well, did the bump come <laughs> the boom come in the last movie? No, the, that was announcing the impending boom. So yeah. obviously there's gonna be the boom is now here, and then it's yeah. there goes the boom. Yeah, it's a sonic boom, so you will see it before you hear it. Of course. When it comes, you know. So I can't go. What's this? What's this? I know nothing about this movie. What's Kevin the James is like can't go. <laughs> He's really fucking heavy. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> It's a, it's so, it's such a, sh- it's really shit. It pains me to say this. Kevin James is wasted on this film. It's really bad. It, it is. It is. It is the, the, the plot of it is. I think a lot of what's bad about it w- would be explained by the fact that they seem to have had an official NFL tie-in for it. So it so, is. It, it is a. Tr- I, I think there's a meta problem with the film, and it's related to the NFL tie-in in that it is about a real man. Um, and it's Kevin a. Kevin James. Kevin James playing yes, another yes. real man, <laughs> Kevin Adam <James>. Sandler. <laughs> play, <laughs> play, he plays a coach who who. The plot of the film is that the coach of the New Orleans Saints. There was a scandal 
where the New Orleans Saints football team had been operating under a, a bonus structure that incentivized injuring opposition players. This really happened. And well, the coach happened. and yeah. other, other staff members were suspended for a year. And in this film, Kevin James plays this real-life coach. And in the year he's suspended, he goes off and coaches his son's like 12-year-old peewee football, I think. It's, it's not yeah, Pop yeah. Warner, but it's only but one level above that. Right. Well, <laughs> like, um, Bears here. Yeah. Well, Bobby's Bears is a baseball film. I think you're thinking of Little Giants. Little Giants. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking, yeah, yeah. Little Giants is the yardstick by which this really should be measured. And I haven't seen Little Giants in about... <laughs> 25 years so they're bigger now though so. <laughs> they're gi- actually just giants well then yeah, the they, giants, well, they, be- they became titans who we then had to remember we, yeah. uh, can we ever forget them nope. avon barksdale uh, he was the greatest titan of them all yeah so here's here's where i think the movie like we can talk about the movie itself but like the scandal here's my movie. trinity-ish meta opinion of it's not before. but it's like it's like the scandal was very real it was a headhunting bounty system for injuring your colleagues. He's the only coach in the history of one of the most corrupt sports going who's ever been suspended for a year. And they were like, this is the hero story we need. It was, it was weird that they chose to do the tie because the tie-in, I suspect, it, I would suspect it ruined the film, except when you hear all the people that are in it, you'll realize that it was probably not going to be a great Oh, I think the casting was was absolutely insane and fucking. Let me, get, let me guess. Kevin Spade plays an elderly Lothario. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't afford Spade for this, brother. <laughs> but they could have posted being acceptable to play ethnicities other than your own Rob Schneider. They had him. Yeah, modern Fred Armiston. They had it, they had that bloke, yeah, the bloke who's always in Kevin James stuff. The like, other fat guy who's there who, to make Who Kevin I swear James to God, when he came on, I thought was just Kevin James in like oh, yeah. beard. And Until I, was I like, heard him talk, I was like, they've just dressed him up. They've just, just dressed Kevin up James Kevin James. James. And then the the truth was somehow worse and less entertaining as all. You know, there's just a guy so indistinguishable from Kevin James in all of his stuff. Here's one you won't have guessed. Taylor Lautner. From Twilight. From Twilight. From Twilight, yeah, in his new breakout role. Yeah, I I was thinking about Taylor Kitsch there for a second, who was also in a very good sports thing, Friday Night Lights, but no, it's not him. It's Taylor Lautner. It's Taylor Lautner, who is easily the best actor in the movie. Let that sink uh, in. Best actor, not called Kevin James. Absolutely. Yeah, sorry, best actor, not person like just who's <laughs> living the role. He's not acting at that point. He's really just embodying it. He's more Daniel Day Lewis, you know, because you even call that acting. Like, uh, he goes and coaches his, his kids' hopeless football team for a year. And I've made some notes. I have one more casting. Kevin note. James equals. I, Long. I just have one yeah, more. No, I have one, no, I just no, have one more one, two, casting note. Actually, two more. Obviously, Adam Sandler's wife played the ex-wife who was now with the kooky stepdad Rob Schneider. So, like, obviously, keeping it in the family. But That's the like best, five notes in one. But go on. But the best, <laughs> the best casting was that the evil other coach who shows up very late in the film and does nothing but be evil on the other sideline is the old Spice no. guy. Oh. Which Tom Brady? guy? <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady. The man your man should smell like, Old Spice Guy. Oh. 
and like I, this is probably covered in Manus's notes, but but being evil is he he just doesn't tell the team to injure the other team, like and that's the most heinous thing. Yeah, like the he coaches them, <laughs> therefore yeah. is evil. Yeah, this he's film... using plays and tactics against us. What yeah. a villain! Yeah, I was originally going to suggest that this film was 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 like written by a committee who just decided this is the blueprint, this is the template of a sports film, and here's how you write it and go. But actually, as I started to compile these notes. That would have been better if they had done that. If they just done like a beat for beat rate remake of a sports film, they don't appear to have done that. They appear to have fed ten sports films, different types, into like an aggregator that has come out with this. And so, consequently, it's I I highly suspect, actually, that this was supposed to be a series. I, I there's there is just a lot of the things. Like there's too many characters. The I'm not saying unlike Here Comes the Boom, which I maintain should have been a limited series. This, it's great that it isn't because this is terrible. But I, I suspect that some of the gigantic problems with like there's way too many characters um, that you're supposed to try and pay attention to, and so therefore nobody gets over. I suspect they were originally trying to make a series out of this. So like there's a few ways of doing a sports film, and this has all of them. So you know, <laughs> he sort of has the mighty the ducks, the, the, the mighty ducks, uh, Gordon Bombay dynamic where he's thrown out of actually in mighty ducks. He wasn't thrown out of being a hockey coach. He was thrown he out was of thrown being out a lawyer. lawyer and for some yeah. reason he had to become community a hockey service. coach. I think that was his community service, but it's yeah. the same dynamic and yeah. um, conflict with his son. Yep. Conflict with opposing coach. Yep. Conflict with Rob Schneider. Sort of. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Well, he's banging his ex-wife, but then they don't really make the Rob Schneider character someone you could have a conflict with, or someone who, frankly, you understand why like, the ex-wife. For 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 all of all of us and the viewers at home, what ethnicity is Rob Schneider playing Jewish. in this film? Just Jewish. What? He's a Jewish, Jewish hippie. Okay. I mean, I figure Jewish. He seems to be a Jewish guy. I think it's the only thing he's allowed to play anymore. <laughs> like, My God. <laughs> but it's not like he's about anything else. It's not like we had him stop playing like the Mexican and suddenly he, he could like let his own thing go. I think we should have grandfathered Rob Schneider in if only to keep him away from all the other parts. Frankly, <laughs> I think everyone would have been fine with that if, if we like said, okay. No let's... new people would have been not fine with it. No. We'll keep him to five minutes, but that's his role. He's going to be like nondescript Middle Eastern deli owner. And he's yeah. going to shout something inappropriate once. And then and he's gone off the screen. And I know people are going to be offended. And I know it's not going to sell any more tickets. But you have to understand, he is very good friends with Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> Conflict with the ex-wife. Love story between him and the ex-wife. Between one of the children on the team and another child um uh, a kid's a kid's uh, the, the a kid's movie needs a fat kid this film has three fat kids i, I, I don't <laughs> understand kevin james okay four <laughs> sorry it has four fat kids might be in yeah Kevin's you're contract. right they split the fat kid into the pizza loving fat kid and the needs to learn how to be tough fat kid yeah and then just one other fat kid. And then, just, and then some other additional not doing nothing fat kid. Like you 100% need the like uh, the corpulent, the corpulent like lineman football player in a, like in any football film, but a kid's film especially. Uh, mm. I mean, Varsity Blues, uh, 
for sure that uh, for sure has it. Little Giants has a fat kid who I bet by modern standards would probably be pretty spelt looking if we actually rewatched. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen Goonies. Varsity Blues. Is that the one about Man City when they introduce VAR? Yes, yes. That, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Damn it, Ben. That's good. The, 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 as, we, as we discussed last week, the real butt of the joke in any pun are, is anyone who has to hear it. <laughs> um, the, yeah. So, like, he conflicts with the son. That could be the whole film. Um, conflict with the opposing coach who's evil. That could be the whole film. Except he's not really evil. He's a bit of a dick. But, like, whatever. Um, he, he doesn't really have conflict with Rob Schneider. He probably would be, though. Like, disgraced former NFL coach is now the opposite coach to your just weekend, maybe every second weekend job with your kids. And you're like, I'm not coming into this with an open mind. I'm like, you're a dick. I'm going to be a dick to you. And you're teaching these kids how to cheat. Kevin James is disgraced coach who injured players on purpose with the respect he deserves. (laughs) They also don't know what type of film they have. They keep changing what type of film they have. So he takes over this utterly useless uh, football team like who are happy to have not lost by enough points to where they turn off the scoreboard and end the game that's like their first big success is they score one touchdown and they lose by sufficiently a sufficiently small enough margin that they don't turn off the scoreboard right <laughs> so that's that's one film and uh, and, and then but by the end of the film they're in the championship game uh, that's not how that film goes that film goes when they're that bad to where you do it like Major League. Have you ever seen Major League? No. The plot of Major League is the uh, the owner is deliberately trying to make the team really bad so that they can um, so that they can move move the team. Now in Major League, they actually do end up, I think, like winning the World Series or something. But the, the point is, uh, actually, Major League's the bad example. It's probably like semi-pro, actually, which is not it's more of a comedy than a sports film, where it's just like you're just trying to not be the worst. So you mm. don't get kicked out of the league. Mm. The, the, this film, if they're going to have them be comically bad, needs to be the fit. The team is so bad, but that but the league is going from thirteen to twelve teams next year, and whoever finishes dead last is going to be not kicked out of the league. And then you get absolutely killed by the evil team at the start of the season. You're going to play them again later in the season. You only have to win one game. Um, and you're really focusing on the second last game because obviously the last one, complete write-off. You know, you're not gonna beat that excellent team who beat you out the door. Maybe you'll beat the second, the the, the second last game. Then you end up losing that game due to, due to circumstances. Some and then sabotaged by some sort of evil doers. Whatever, yeah. whatever it is. And then they're all despondent, and it's like it doesn't even matter who even cares. And it's like, hey guys, there's still one game left. Mm. And, we're, and, we're, never and team? we're never gonna beat the porcupines and in yeah. fact they lose the no they lose okay like typical sports film what do you do for a kid sports film anyway you there's some things that have to happen in order for your bad team to get better you need to uh do some positional switches so like you find a guy who'd been playing as your kicker and it turns out he can throw the ball really far and he becomes yeah. your quarterback or you find them um, uh, like a, you like find some tough kids. You find a tough mm. kid. This I actually have how this film should have been written in my head, and I will tell you at the end of all this. So you find a tough kid, like in Mighty Ducks, where he finds the kid in the alley, or he finds Keenan in the second one with the knuckle yes. puck. Remember the knuckle mm. puck with I, those urban. I do remember the knuckle puck. I those, still try it every time I've got a hockey stick. You know those urban youths who are playing in that street hockey league. 
Oh, the, Porsche, the, 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 Porsche, the Porsche Bello <laughs> street hockey community is really kicking off around Gav. Yo, dog, you want to come and play some of that honky hockey up in here in the, in the hood, you know, where we all play the real hockey, man. You know. Anyway. Like, it, it had to be hockey. Didn't look at the there. Couldn't find a sport that, like, that, like, anyone plays in that way. Like, it's not, if you're playing, if the film was set in Alberta or something, and the, you know, it was like, hey, bud, you want to come and play some freaking hockey? Yeah. You know, fine. Yeah. That's not how we play it in this driveway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might work. And that's what happens in Slapshot, where they get, uh, well, no, that's where they get the three, the three lunatic violent people. I think that's the, that, that's the move. But so they already have the really good player of the team, the Adam Banks, if you will, yeah. from Mighty Ducks. He's just already on the team. They don't go find him. He's been on the team the whole time. Um, they do do a positional switch, but they do it like four times. They do different players. They do it lots. Uh, all, like all of the changes are these. He's like, here's a different play that will work. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it would work differently. I don't know. So he turns the team from worst team in the league, can't not lose enough to where they turn off the scoreboard to championship team. Fucking impossible without, without without the necessary changes. That's the problem. And then they lose in the end anyway. Oh, They're, so they have that trope too. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't earn it. They did not earn it because they didn't they didn't subvert the sports comedy in any other way. They they um they have this whole thing where where this this little uh, dweeby kid he's the place kicker and uh, he's in love. There's a love story. That doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, it should and be then, it should it should be noted that the, uh, the 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 female love interest has precisely two lines in the entire movie, um, both of which are about if he's kicking is any good. She's literally just a girl in the stands who I don't think he's ever talked to, and doesn't. But it's love. Doesn't exactly. talk to. You don't need oh, yeah. to talk. It's love. You know, it's love in a sports yeah. comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, frankly, we'll we'll put up with it. But the whole thing, there's a through line, and again, this would be fine if it was the only through line going through. But there's there's fifty of them, so it's hard to pay attention. Where he um he kicks just fine in training. It's the pressure of the big game that's the problem. And okay. uh, yeah, 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 throughout the, the film, Kevin James keeps leaving him on the bench because he keeps choking in the game. And then in the championship game, they're three points down. They're on the fourth, fourth and long. Uh, and then they bring out they you know they bring out the the kid who can kick fine, but just he gets nervous. And then they build it up, and then he misses, and somehow they're happy even though they lost. Um. They're just happy that everybody had fun. Yeah, which is fine if that's the story you're telling. But like, and, <laughs> and then yeah, being led emotionally. Sorry. The shit out of the kicker. Like the last yeah. half hour is like Ip Man. He's just like wailing on this shot. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the boom was coming. You didn't know it was coming for you. <laughs> well, here it is. Here it comes. <laughs> Now, I will say, so I thought this movie was very funny, but not in the way that it tried to be necessarily. And it reminded me of a play that we once saw, Gab, where it was just, it was a play called Drama at Inish at the Abbey Theatre. And it basically was just like every trope in the whole world. And we were like, there's no way this play could be trying any less. Or, and then during the end, like the, the, like the, the bowing sequence, the stupid detective character came out and as he was taking his bow, his pants fall down around his ankles. 
That sounds, yeah, no, that sounds a, yeah, there was a bow that was kind of like a dance, like a, a, a oh, it was jigs and bow, and then like the detective, this stupid detective, jocked himself. It was like, oh, what am I like? Oh. It's like the worst, lowest common denominator. Yeah. I think I remember John reading a very kind, ever kind review of that play in the newspaper and I knew you guys had seen it and that it was shit and once you know that and you're reading like the three stars that had gotten the ticket and you're like watching Peter Crawley be very nice to it because it's Irish it's yeah. like yeah. 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 Hey, you trick people into going to see by saying oh you have to see this route it's incredible it's incredible that's, the, that's, the, Abbey that's the Abbey that's their whole thing no no but I think specifically <laughs> Jack and Gab were going around to people telling them and then it just spread like wildfire no that you was one that was in Edinburgh well. I actually, I actually wrote that review in the ticket Manus and I do think everyone should have seen it <laughs> but it wasn't Once it, when, when you read it knowing that the play is bad you can see it's like oh they're true he's telling you as much as he can tell you and still be in with the theatre community that this yeah. is shit like, it's like when you see like the Abbey get less than three stars yeah. it's our national theater it would be a disgrace if it got like one star you're right it would but be a disgrace if they made something that bad show it would be a disgrace well, it's like when you see you see a film reviewed it. you see a film reviewed in the in the irish times and it's like okay irish okay wow yeah featuring some young up-and-comic disabled actors that's cool that's um and, and they're all and it's making a social point oh and they only gave it two stars it must be so bad it must be <laughs> it must be minus five for them to have given it two with that many plus points in its yeah. in its column. This movie this movie pants itself in one moment. Um, <laughs> is it the moment that is also the same moment from Here Comes the Boom? Oh, the hippie the hippie stepdad has decided yeah. to try and help. Yeah, yeah, so and he exact and he makes same energy. scene as in Here Comes the Boom, but. Yeah. He makes energy bars for the kids and they all have the energy bars and then they go and they have, they go and they play the game and they're like, oh, we have one more play. We got to score a touchdown. Uh, and one of the kids is like, oh, coach, I don't feel so good. And he starts vomiting. And they're like, oh, are you okay? All the other players start vomiting. And Kevin James is like, no, we got to win this game. So they do an entire football scene where the kids are cannon-like vomiting other players out of their way, like they are a breathing chunky fire all over the field. Homemade, homemade, homemade energy bars result in a sporting event marred by puking. If you remember, and here comes the boom, uh, Henry Winkler's homemade applesauce consumed uh, speedily by Kevin James results in him doing an entire uh, MMA fight while puking all over the place. Um, <laughs> Kevin James thinks obviously that this is very funny, and he's right. It's the best part of the whole film. It might be. It actually might be <laughs> the best part of the film. Because it's a copy of your favorite film. Here comes. Yes, the here comes the film. I could see as soon as he handed out the protein or the, the power bars, I was like, "They're all going to puke. They are all going to puke." And I'm here for it. Come on, sirs. Yeah, it's like okay, this is going to oh. be the entire plot somehow. I just let's see how. Let's see. Let's wait the 45 seconds it takes to cash in on this. So here's how you write the film, right? And this, you, I think you'll agree is better. And I think you'll also say that's a pretty low bar to clear it when you watch the film, which I'm sure you will. Um, if you have to do the flawed New Orleans premise, right? Do that. Have him be the New Orleans coach and have the team's problem be 
which they sort of is, they sort of, it's sort of their problem, is that like they're coached by a bunch of namby-pamby modern baby coddling football coaches who just don't know how to be tough, whereas Kevin James knows how to be tough. And you know what he decides to do is to institute a bounty system for the school kids. <laughs> and he toughens them all up and he takes away all their safe spaces. Urgh, you know, all that stuff. Cancel culture, am I right? You can, listen, we're already going for the Kevin James fan of your life. All right. You might as well lean into it. He does that. He toughens them all up and they start, they start winning that way. And then you fill in the conflict with um, with the with the son because hey dad, did you ever stop to think that maybe I don't want to win that way? Maybe I want to win by playing football, you know, the old time way. Um, and then maybe they discover the one skillful kid. Maybe it's the son. Actually, maybe the son isn't. The, maybe the son has quit the team beforehand because he's annoyed at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to play like that. Didn't want to play like that. And then just before the last game, they're like, you know what? Our, our toughest, tough, tough, tough man, Tuffington, he just got hurt being too tough at the tough contest. Who are we ever going to get to replace him? My God, Kevin, that kid of yours sure has an arm, <laughs> you know? We can't possibly have him registered in time. Which means you get a trope in, which is the father-son motivational speech yeah. from like Rocky Balboa. You get that in. Kevin James delivers like his kind of connecting with the kid moment. He goes, "Okay, Dad." Shows a bit of emotion while being tough because this is America. Yeah. It's oh, about it's America. Yeah. It's about it's football. Possible. I've heard. I've seen it. They said it couldn't be done. You know. And you get to have the Bobby Boucher moment, like in the Water Boy, which let's be honest mm. is probably the only sports film anyone involved in this film has ever seen, apart from here <laughs> except for Here Comes the Boom. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I can. Golf, golf's not a sport, so Happy Gilmore doesn't count. Happy Gilmore is yeah, it's not That's a sport. It's a game. It's more of a. It's a feel good romp. Uh, yeah. uh, well, it's Happy out. Gilmore is probably a better fighting movie than Here Comes the Boom, actually, now that I think of it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's only because Bob Barker was dead by the time they made Here Comes the Boom. But the point is, you can have the man, you can have the, the, the flair player show up at an important point when all seems lost. That doesn't even happen. You know, the Ricky Vaughn moment when he comes out. The, oh. the, there's, there's that moments in a lot of sports films of this type, but they don't allow you to have it. And part of the reason why they don't is because they're they're too busy shoehorning in all the other stuff that someone, it's like, oh, Adam Sandler's nephew did have that idea. We better put that in. Can I give you a good <laughs> ending? So yeah. kid comes in ready to play. They're like, yeah. brilliant. And, and you think as an audience member, they're going to win this game. Yeah. But then those pencil pushers from the league say kids have to be signed up at the start of the game to play. Yeah. And Kevin James has a moment where he goes, maybe even if it means losing, I should play by the rules and they lose the game yeah. but he learns the lesson of i respect the authority of the regulating people and all that kind of stuff and you think that all the kids are going to be disappointed and he turns around thinking he hates to let him down and they're just so happy that they were in the championship game yeah. mm. but because he learned his lesson they let the kid play anyway yeah. <laughs> you can have it all <laughs> Yeah, his actions have no consequences and he and he just wins. Yeah. And then he gets back with the ex-wife, beats up the Rob Schneider character, frankly. Mm -hmm. Well, well, here's what happens in the actual movie, which is which is like it jumps forward in time to when he to when the end of his year-long suspension for attempting to injure people who make a short and succeeding. 
and injure injure people who make a living through their bodies. At which point, it jumps forward to when he's back with the Saints. Yeah. A job which he only quit this week, conveniently timed with the release of this film. What? Yeah. He was still with the Saints? He came back and did another fucking bunch of years, another seven or eight years, at which point Kevin James walks into his old office. The real coach is there as Lionel the janitor. That says, was for a second. I thought, did I miss a bit at the start of the film where they introduced Lionel? And then real, like, real Sean Payton. Like, the guy such who, a shit wig. That must be the real guy. The real guy who instituted the bounty program says, it's good to have you back. We really sucked without you. And then he leaves. About himself. About himself. Oh, folks, he's talking about himself. No one else was likely to say it. He did commit the worst crime you can in American football, which is doing all that stuff, but also getting caught. I mean, they all do it. (laughs) He incentivized hurting the other team. Now, normally, we just incentivize that by paying the players more if they win. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that really, that really blew my mind at the end. And I was like, honestly, that man must carry around his balls in a wheelbarrow. But the NFL, like, we're with it. They're all about it. Literally, they there was not a scene in that movie where the same wasn't. Any given Sunday had to have, like, fake teams and a fake tournament, even though it was supposed to be the NFL and the Super Bowl. And it was and then this easily film, the, best, the best, easily my favorite sports movie. This film, the fucking Vince Lombardi trophies, they're sitting in there in his office and there's like NFL logos everywhere. There's a real team. There's actual footage from the games. It's like like they've spliced Kevin James in as this guy into real footage. Oh yeah, (laughs) it it opens with them winning the Super Bowl two years previously. And like it shows the real footage, but when it cuts to the sideline that Sean Payton would be on, it's just Kevin James dressed like Sean Payton CG'd into it. And Sean Payton, <laughs> Sean Payton was a quarterback in his day. Kevin mm. James does not look like Sean Payton. <laughs> if you're if you're gonna have him in the movie, why not use the footage anyway, and then go like, and here's how it happened, or whatever the fuck, and then you just the audience will accept Kevin James as now this man. Yeah, his acting like in the one for Red October when they zoom the camera in and suddenly they're not speaking Russian anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Ah, oh, great movie. That's it. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. I mean, it's it's very poor. Um, it's it, it's very bad. Kevin James perfect in it, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. No it, notes. No notes for you, Kevin. You you did the best you could. You made chicken salad out of that chicken chip. Honestly, no notes for Taylor Lautner either. They, but again, they didn't delve into him. Yeah, like, he was you know, the, he was nothing. Play? The, he other, plays like, the, the original role. coach what of the team is there for sexy, sexy Taylor Lautner. They also had to make him film where Kevin James. They had to make sexy. him and, and they had to make him and the other like worst shaped version of Kevin James so comically bad at being coaches in order for Kevin James to be able to come in and go, you know, if we tackle their quarterback. Uh, get a little bit more change out of them you know and they're like wow what a technical genius wish we thought of that <laughs> so they wasted taylor lautner 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 yeah they did sort of waste kevin james and uh, by not having him play all the parts like eddie murphy mm, in the clubs. of course <laughs> honestly probably would have would have at least given it something yeah 
this only all, all you need to do black box theater single spotlight kevin james one man show and then just let the movie play it and it's just 90 minutes of kevin james doing pratfalls he was a lot of characters in the nfl where i grew up (laughs) (laughs) hey kevin james (laughs) oh oh, hey i didn't see you come in there yeah this is where i grew up (laughs) oh very good So obviously, ten out of ten. No one else can count. Ten out of ten. Speaking, I want to see someone ten. take take ten. a punt on Kevin James, like like uh, like they do on Adam Sandler every fourteen years, like Paul Thomas they... Anderson did. Or yes, the, that's the, yeah. Like do a serious film with Kevin James. Not too much, especially if he's good at it. If he's good at it, you want it to be like a once a decade thing. That's so, like just when you've given up on him. He's like, hey, look at my. I can, I can see him as like a serial serious. killer. Yeah, Has he yeah. been in series? King of Queens? Uh, no, um, Home Team. There's like this gritty NFL. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's like Friday Night Lights, but like yeah. with kids. Yeah. They yeah, could swap the. You, I'd watch it again if they swap the intro for the film Concussion with the film for Home Team, and they do both of them. I'll watch a marathon or watch two in a row. Yeah. <laughs> so Will Smith's Doctor Bennett Amalu, but it start like it like, but then it starts like has Kevin James in here doing his shenanigans. And he's a man who's shenanigans before, so he knows how to shenan again. Let me tell you. The real, the real butt of the point is the person who had to listen to it. What's up, folks, with anyone else? Um, eh. It's just when you Google Kevin James serious movie, it does just say Paul Blart Malkop. That's <laughs> it. That has its own problems. Paul Blart Malkop is too serious. We're going like to save it's... it for next week. <laughs> We've given Kevin well, James. Welcome back to Kevin James. Watch here we. Are. We've given him David Spade levels of attention this week. <laughs> I mean, wow! Well, I could thank Kevin yeah, James. As if part. only we had given David Spade Kevin James levels of respect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here comes the boom, ready or not, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter, and I'm also not much of a lover. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. That took a lot of time. What do we think of this fucking beer? Yeah. <laughs> was it just me and Jack on it? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. The, uh, uh, a little goes a long way. The, the tool and um, the, the micro. Oh, is that the micro? That's not a micro at all. It's like three point nine or something. Um, it's three point five. Yeah, it's not a micro. Uh, it's a <laughs> session, and it's nice. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give it a rating because it's not official. But it's, it's not. Official. It wouldn't be fair to the kids who filled out their application form full. Kids, Jack, who did? Ben. My biggest um, problem is that this was only available in a four pack, and I've been sitting here for an hour, and I've had about a third of this pint. <laughs> um, and I have three more of them, and now I just have to wait for someone to be here who's so drunk they both won't notice, and you know probably could do without another pint. Mm. Jack, um, suggestion. Cook a corned beef in it. That's what I did with my Island's Edge. Oh, it was the best corned beef I've ever made. That's a fucking great... God, that's a great shout. That's what I'm going to do. Look, it's not that bad. I probably just wasn't in the mood for like for an Island's Edge, but that is what this is. It's, <laughs> it's smooth, and it's smooth, and it's sweet, and it doesn't really have much of a kick to it. It came fucking hot out the fridge, so it was very cold. Um, so, <laughs> like... 
I think I think I really did give this the best shot, and it's just uh, for for me, no. It's a three. It, it, yeah, it has the same problems that all non-alcoholics have, and you've addressed it all month. At a certain point, you you probably just want to go get yourself a Coca-Cola or a Fanta or a Club Orange or something. Yeah, that's the. No, this does taste. It's like if you can make your water taste like Guinness, then this is doing its job. Yeah. It's ugh, it's a national drink. Uh, they they have they had a, pulled a lot of big names to get this here. Barney three times. There's three types of barney in it. Um, <laughs> well, I think I have to give it. Uh, it's running until maybe the next two weeks. If you want to go see it, it's three out of five stars for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do have to point out that the lighting is impressive, and you do miss the eco light. Good, good man, thank you, Donald Clark. Yeah, <laughs> he totally gave it a bit of flavor. <laughs> it gave it a kick. Gave it some character. I wonder, to be fair to it, should it be tried at least, given how much of like what Guinness is is psychological. Like if it wasn't in your bedroom or your bedroom slash living room, there, Jack or or whatever. Mm. Like, would it benefit from what Guinness gets? So it's like the conviviality of being in the pub and like having it. I think served. if it was on draft and you got her handed this, your esteem and sense of it would go up 100%. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Context yeah. But we're never going to find it. <clears throat> yeah. Because we're not. So, Ben, your rating was three out of five stars. Yeah. So, I'm actually going to give it three out of 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, 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 it's no, a, no, it's 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 a six, and it's a three. Yeah. It's a three. Yeah. It's a it's a total three. It's a consensus three, which it sounds like the review reads like a three as well, mm. which is good. And I don't know why. I like as if we were we were less harsh to beers that you could say the same thing about that it's like a smoother, lighter, watery, or sweeter version of the thing. Maybe stout just really doesn't serve that well. Maybe not, but also if this beers with alcohol in them, then they're also <laughs> like I think it's like a benefit for it to be like oh. It's, you know, I just got down and got me drunk. Like, you know, that's... Yeah, you yeah. mean the non alcoholic months, Jack? The ones that you're kind of like, ah, it's the worst version of beer, but it's still a nice non-alcoholic. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably in, in the scale you've been giving all month, it probably doesn't sit at the bottom. I don't know what the, the numbers have gotten, but... Well, I think we stopped grading the non alcoholic Well, we sort of grade them on a curve because we still try to grade within the style, sort of. But, like, we no longer grade the non-alcoholic separately. We are trying to integrate them into into the proper real yeah yeah even though we don't maintain the list anyway so who cares yeah integrate them into you know our psychology of how we think about things i don't even i don't even maintain a brief summary up here like if someone asked me what the top beer is i don't know i don't know i just (laughs) forget that that ham beer we had five years ago maybe kevin james films yeah all right um one, one thing to cheers to to yeah, the to which of the letters is going to be the first in Kevin James's eventual EGOT? To Kevin James's EGOT. <laughs> to Kevin James's EGOT. Inevitable EGOT. <laughs> I'd yeah. love if it was a Tony. I would love if <laughs> oh, he was like, great. God, he was just an amazing fiddler on the roof. Like <laughs> A Grammy would be better. If you're, if you're looking for a Tony, the Grammy is what you're really looking for. He, he wouldn't make a bad... He'd be a good heavier. He wouldn't make sort a bad Willie Loman. No, actually. Oh, shit. There. Yeah. And who would Rob Schneider play in Temple Salesman? <laughs> Is there some sort of <laughs> Middle Eastern stereotype that he can... Uh... I mean, it's for the stage, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. He'd play, the, he play the, the, the ghost of the grocery store worker on he'd the corner. The death. Yes. Yeah. 
Actually, if we're doing Death of a Salesman, that's Arthur Miller, isn't it? Yeah. So we'd all be watching Death of a Salesman in yeah. this scenario. Yeah. So can Rob Schneider be in All My Sons in a different theater? <laughs> <laughs> so that he's 100% not going to show up in this. Here's the noise of the car at the end. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Oh. Rob. Rob. Rob's inevitably got. And cut. Good enough. Splice in some reaction shots of me and shove it on the air.